0: Hello and welcome to the Gemcast. I'm your host, Alex Knight, and this is episode two. This week, I'm joined by Aline Sims from the Less Than or Equal podcast, a show for people in marginalized spaces, as well as Sabriel, a contributing writer at Indiehaven.com. In episode two, fire, caused by Eric Raymond, drives Jerrica's family into Howard Sands' mansion, a contest prize. Eric and the Misfits then make even more mischief. Later, at a misfits rated yacht party, Anthony Julian offers to direct a gem music video in Paris. In this episode, the featured musical interludes are Like a Dream, Click Clash, and Making Mischief. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Sabriel, welcome to the show. Can you tell us who you are and what do you do?
1: Hi there, my name is Sabriel, as you just said, and I do reviews on video games, talk about games a lot, and uh, a former role at Derby Grill.
0: Great. And Aline?
2: I'm Aline. I have a podcast called Less Than or Equal, and I work in the tech industry.
0: Great. So last time we left off with episode one, uh we left on on kind of a cliffhanger with uh the Starlight House uh catching fire and kind of mayhem happening. <laughs> which continues into episode two. So
2: how many times am I gonna say misfits throw a fit throughout the course of this podcast series?
0: Oh you're gonna you're gonna be doing This that like a lot. four
2: times an episode, you know, so far. <laughs>
0: yeah the um, I think the first four or five episodes, because it's all kind of one continuous story, there's definitely a lot of stuff happening. Um, not to say that it doesn't happen later in the series with the Misfits as well, because lots of stuff does happen. but I think I think in the first few episodes, they kind of really wanted to grab um, people and pull them into the show, which just lets us throw in as much action as possible. Which actually doesn't surprise me why younger boys kind of stuck with the show as well, uh even though it was primarily marketed towards girls. I know for myself, which I mentioned on the last episode, um you know, I used to watch this show with with my sister, and I think had it not had some of the um fast paced action stuff like that, I might not have stuck around with it as much
2: yeah it yeah it's interesting. But anyway, I like uh, uh, immediately derailed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, so we see, anyways, uh, the start of episode two. Uh, we see Starlight House on fire, which was, uh, you know, all thanks to Zipper, uh, Eric Raymond's goon, and um, we see uh, one of the Starlight girls run out uh, at the last minute, who we thought was apparently missing. Um, she was still in the house trying to apparently find a jar of uh money that they had um been using to uh sort of I, I guess I guess they were trying to raise money for something. I think it was a refrigerator and, in
2: your refrigerator.
0: Okay, right. And uh yeah, so so she runs back inside to to get this jar of money and uh Jerrica, obviously concerned about her well being, basically tells her that, you know, that's it's not an it's not as important as, as your life. So good lesson to learn, I guess. And
2: we actually didn't talk about her on the last episode and what happened with her at the end where she was, mm-hmm. um, they have the mis not the misfits. The starlight house has this honor jar where, you know, the, the, yeah. the foster children would, you know, do chores or whatever for people in the neighborhood and put money in there to, you know, help with repairs and whatever, and this particular child stole $30 from the honor jar.
0: Yes, um, that's true. And so
2: her punishment was that she had to, like, obviously give that money back, but in addition to that, she had to contribute another 30 to the honor jar, and so right. um, I think part of her desire for saving the jar was, and she even said it in the episode, she was like, oh, so now I, you know, I like, I saved the honor jar, so I don't need to Right. To do anything, I don't need to pay that thirty thirty dollars back, so you know,
0: yeah, I think she i I get the sense that maybe she thought that was kind of like her penance for for stealing it in the first place,
2: so lesson children, you know running into a fire mm-hmm. will not get you out of owing thirty dollars to the mini jar <laughs> it will
1: not get you out of any
2: chores. you'll still have to do them, right, even if your house burns down, and then you'll be in trouble for running into a burning building. <laughs>
0: Well you know it's it's interesting, and like this this episode continues uh some of the stuff from episode one, and like I was saying in the last episode when we talked about sort of the uh the themes that are covered in the show and the stuff that actually happens is fairly dark um and not just i mean not just like the the top the main topic of, of death, you know with jericha's father dying and whatnot, but just like the action and stuff like that in general. The stuff that the Misfits do, uh, it's pretty serious stuff, like stuff that you would normally (laughs) press charges if somebody did that to you. But, of course, that never happens with the Misfits.
1: I'm watching this. Okay, this is actually my first time watching Gems. Apparently, I watched it when I was little, but I don't remember a thing. So I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh, my God, how are they getting away with this? Why has no one called the cops on them this is This is horrible bombs and fires, and oh God,
2: running over people trying to run over them with a bulldozer, yeah, yeah,
0: yes, that we see that later on in the episode, and I was shocked when I saw that I'm like I can't believe she just got like the misfits got into a bulldozer.
1: <laughs> like, oh, it's no problem.
0: That just seems like crossing the line. <laughs> like, okay, sabotage, st- stealing someone's instruments, okay. But like, trying to destroy somebody's house or kill them with a bulldozer. I also
2: wondered where she learned how to drive a bulldozer. Cause that's a complex right. piece of machinery. Uh,
0: that, <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind too. It's like, wait a minute. There are how many levers mm-hmm. and pedals in that thing? Like, you need training yep. for that. Yep. <laughs> And and certainly, I mean, maybe I can buy some of the like lower class girls in the misfits might might have maybe had a job doing some kind of manual labor where they had to learn that, but I don't buy that pizzazz. You
1: mean you didn't have a summer job where you worked on a construction site with heavy equipment? <laughs>
2: okay, so 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 so, uh, my first job was actually working for my grandfather who raised cattle, so I knew how to like run a tractor pretty early on, but um. But like a bulldozer is just is a lot. Like that's a that's a lot,
0: <laughs> right? And it's and it's hard to buy that Pizzazz would even right. know how to do that. I mean, considering considering girl. her spoiled rich yeah. brat background, right? And um, so so after the the after sort of the the events of the house burning down, um we get um we get a glimpse of uh gem uh performing and uh kind of a wacky music video like all of the gem videos right. yeah. tend yeah. to be they tend to be very very psychedelic i mean rainbows and unicorns and people flying through the air and all sorts of stuff like that which i i thought that that's kind of cool anyways because even other shows that do sort of musical numbers like that don't tend to be that sort of wacky Fantastic. and creative in that area. Yeah, yeah, like you'll have people singing and dancing and stuff like that, but they're they're not quite as drug-inducing <laughs> crazy as as the gem music I videos. I thought they
1: fit the 80s very very well because music videos were new back then. They were telling little stories in right. between there. And yeah, they could do whatever they wanted. Well,
0: that's very true. I mean, this was the, the early era of MTV. Uh, I mean, when the show debuted, it was 1985, yeah. right? So that was kind of just at you know at the beginning of the whole music video um, scene. So, yeah, I mean, we got lots of crazy music videos and stuff like that. So that's very true. That does, does fit the time, certainly.
2: Yeah, I think I need to let go of the notion that I need to find a narrative in the music videos. Cause the first episode I was like, okay, so how does, how does all of this tie in with the overall story? And it's no, you right. just got to let that go. It, it doesn't, <laughs> sure. it just doesn't.
0: Yeah. They're, they're more impressionistic than anything. They're just kind of like completely separate from the show. So the whole, there's this whole uh, main plot with uh, this episode with Howard Sands, um, who puts on a contest. And so the contest is that if they win the Battle of the Bands, they get this mansion. Now, of course, Jericho wants the mansion so that they can move the, uh, the the Starlight foster children in there. And they actually, he has to, or he allows them to temporarily stay there. But of course, because of the mansion that they were currently living in, gets completely burnt down. And of course, the misfits are not too happy by this.
2: It's their mansion
0: because right like everything want they it. right there's, there's a sense of entitlement with uh, with the misfits for sure oh,
1: absolutely oh they're horrible
0: <laughs> they they really are pretty horrible people except maybe for stormer she's kind of the she's the one that uh they they established fairly early on in the series maybe not so much in the first few episodes that she's kind of the the nicer one that kind of just goes along with everything, but doesn't really necessarily agree with everything that they decide to do. Especially Pizzazz, because she's she's the the spoiled rich brat who, um, you know she's that she's that kind of person that that kind of leads leads a group, and everyone kind of just does whatever she says because she's Pizzazz and she's popular and she's pretty and all that sort of stuff.
2: What's what's interesting to me, so so Starlight House burns down. And Jerrica immediately is like, I'm gonna go talk to Jim and see if she can help us and I was like, Wait, when when was it established that you know Jim and like have any well, I guess through the record company you could make that leap. Right. But it's just like <laughs> why <laughs> That's a right, leap, why, right. why do you have this expectation that Jim is, is going to care about, you know, what's going on? She's mm-hmm. immediately gonna drop everything and rush over to help you I don't know, raise money or, or whatever. I, I thought that was like, why is nobody asking questions?
0: <laughs> well, I always find it funny because that's not the first time she, she said something like that. So I always find it amusing that she'll say something like that, like as if Jem is some, a a completely separate person, but I'm like, you're the same person. Right. It just seems like kind of strange. Like maybe she has multiple personalities.
2: <laughs> maybe. I like
1: her solution. Uh, going to the next scene is we'll just have a concert in the morning.
2: Great. Right. Then yeah. announced. People yeah. We'll like, just show up.
1: <laughs> like, wow, you guys can set up an entire concert in like just a couple of hours. It's no big deal at all.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. Um by the way, uh, the the Misfits van, I always thought that was a really awesome like I always wanted that van. Like uh, the the Gem Rockin' Roadster thing never did it any- for me, but that that black van just looks so badass. Yeah. It kind of actually reminds me of the the A Team van, but just a little more punk looking.
2: Well, it's got good contrast that black and pink and flames. For sure. It's nice.
0: I don't remember <laughs> if they ever. I don't know if you had the toys or if you if you had if you knew anyone that had the gem toys, but I don't remember if they made the the Misfits van. I know they made the Rock and Roadster though.
2: See, the Rock and Roadster reminds me of the Joker. That was the first thing um, when my husband and I were watching. He was like, "So is the Joker going to show up? Like episode one?" Because it's just mm-hmm. it's pink and green and garish, and I mean, it, oh, yeah. it would be a totally cool car in another color scheme.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is kind of a cool car, just the really bad paint job. But I think, you know, it's one of those things, too, where they just, pink is synonymous still to this to this day with mm-hmm. girls' toys. So, and I guess the marketing people felt like we need to have, like the whole theme of the show and even the song, you know, glitter and gold and whatnot and fashion and fame and all that sort of stuff. It just, it stands out. They want it. Those colors to kind of pop, but the downside of throwing all those colors together—it's just it looks yeah. awful, right? From like as an adult, from an adult, an adult's perspective, and a uh, you know purely design perspective, it's just it's it's way too. I think flashy. you're
1: looking at it as an adult in the 2050 or the 2010s. That's true. I mean, in the <laughs> 80s, it was already like this is pretty normal. This, thing, right. this is an 80s girl. Like this is the coolest thing ever.
0: Yeah, I mean. I, I guess if you consider the, you know, the 80s were an era of teased hair and shoulder pads and um, mismatched different colored clothing and all that sort of neon stuff. Yeah, everything. fluorescent, neon. Yeah, neon everything, um, you know, excessive rouge. <laughs> you know, it's it does, I, I guess it does fit in with the era. Well,
2: and sure. even if you look at toys, children's toys today, some of that stuff's pretty Garish, <laughs> I mean, you know, because I, kids are attracted yeah. to bright colors, and it just, you know, it it totally makes sense from a marketing yeah. perspective why they'd be like, yeah, let's make this all the colors. Yeah,
0: you know, the actually the the brat stalls. Have you seen those? Yeah, they kind of remind me of of the gem Gemini- and the well, at least misfits, but they're they're very they are very kind of flashy and crazy looking.
1: Absolutely. um <laughs> Maybe I was just too old, but those did never those never appealed to me whatsoever. For us.
2: Well, didn't they come out like in the late '90s?
1: Yeah. Maybe I was just too old for it. Yeah. I never got it.
0: Yeah, I've heard. Uh, it's interesting with the the Bratz dolls. If we can maybe just step away from from Gem for a quick sec, because I know I. I have heard from a few people, friends and family and stuff like that, who have commented on the Bratz dolls. I know my sister made an interesting comment about them, and she thought that they sent the wrong message to little girls because a lot of the Bratz dolls wore really suggestive clothing, like really short skirts and you know cleavage showing and all that sort of stuff, and she felt like they weren't really appropriate for young girls. I don't know what... How you to feel about that?
2: You know, there. I, I feel like there's a lot that's inappropriate for girls that that we have. Like, you know, I grew up with Barbies, and um, you know, I, I look, uh, I look for clothes for my goddaughter. You know, I check the sale racks. I'm like, okay, what can I buy her that'll fit her a year from now? You know, and it's like, it's like adult clothes in small sizes. You know, so there are like short shorts, and you know tiny bikini tops and, um, I don't know, like I kind of, I kind of feel like we send this objectifying image to girls from a very young age. And I think it's, um, extremely problematic and I don't think it's new. I think it's something that we've done for a long time.
0: Yeah, well, I would agree with that. I mean, look at beauty pageants for kids, right? Sometimes it's pretty disturbing when you see like eight year old kids wearing, makeup a lot lot. of makeup (laughs) and adult clothing like and like revealing clothing too and i and i sometimes i think to myself i'm like what are these like what is going through these parents head like how is that appropriate you know and oftentimes too it's you know you know you hear these things about how it's you know the the mother is projecting onto their onto their daughter right maybe living vicariously through their daughter which is kind of messed up Mm mm-hmm as well
2: i was actually in a beauty pageant when i was little um because Mm -hmm. i wanted to how did that go Um, not well um Mm -hmm. and it was kind of funny because my mom like actively discouraged me (laughs) but i was i don't know like six and i was like no i really want to do this i can can do this and i had no clue like i had absolutely no clue but um you know and this was would have been probably the the late 80s and um it was it was pretty cutthroat behind the scenes. Like, I remember, you know, the other the other girls like glaring at me, um, oh you know, for wearing this dress that my mom made for me. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on through the par- in the parents head, but it's it's a really interesting experience. You know, the little bit that I can remember of it. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Those, those girls were awfully young to be looking at me that that murderously.
0: <laughs> yeah. So back to the episode. Uh, where did we leave off? So they were trying to... There was a Battle of the Bands concert. We got a wacky music video. I think there are a couple of music videos in this episode. There's There's one scene with... <laughs> Uh, with uh, Eric Raymond and the Misfits, and they get the Misfits get really pissed off and end up grabbing a plant and you know throwing it. Like, yeah, you show them.
2: <laughs> show that plant. <laughs> but it's,
0: yeah, but uh, I, I one thing I always find funny, which is a recurring theme with at least the 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 relationship between the Misfits and Eric Raymond, is that. Some it, like it. It seems oftentimes the misfits are really the people that are in control because clearly they have Eric wrapped around their finger, and he's—I mean—he has his own agenda, but oftentimes he'll just do whatever the misfits right. really want. And sometimes he he gets really irritated with uh, with the group, especially Pizzazz, about some of the things that she does because oftentimes he'll have like a specific plan and she'll end up like ruining the plan somehow or like deviating from from the planet and it's like it's like an ongoing theme and you would think that he would eventually get tired of it but um i get the sense that he's maybe just too comfortable in that role because he he just so desperately wants to own starlight records right well
2: and he sees them as the way to to do that so like okay i'm gonna put up with your crap as a an ends to me or a means to the end um but, like, without I guess realizing that it's never going to end because they keep digging a deeper hole.
1: I'd say right. off camera, right. the misfits must make a lot of money for his label to be able to put up with all this.
0: Possibly, <laughs> I mean, we—they never really clearly explain how much money, uh, but I mean, they clearly must be successful to a degree because they've—they've they've said that. I mean. Gem and the Misfits are supposed to be, I think, the top two bands, right? But the thing is, also Pizzazz gets a lot of funding from her her wealthy father, too. So I don't. I mean, I, I don't think they would have been able to get to where they were they were without some financial help. Um, you know, funding funding the uh, funding their ability to produce records and whatnot, and buy gear and uh, you know, travel expenses and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think the Misfits are successful, even though they they're pro- kind of portrayed as the lesser band. But you know, some of the the Misfits songs, when I compare them to Gems, it's it kind of goes both ways. Like some of the songs that Gem Gem and the Holograms do are better than the Misfits, and some of the songs that the Misfits do are better than Gem, depending on the episode that you're watching. So the 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 quality like and catchiness of the songs really varies from episode to episode.
2: I think that so far, um, they've done a really good job at giving them two different sounds though. Like, um, Jim and the holograms is like Debbie Gibson, right? It's kind of like this light poppy music and the misfits tend to be, have a little bit of a, a harder, more, I don't know. Yeah. Like a, a, right. a, right. a, A more rock sound. And, um, I appreciate that the music doesn't all sound the same because that would get as many songs as they put in like a 23 minute episode. It would get really old, really fast.
0: Sure. Right. And so, um, there is a scene a little bit about, uh, it's about the halfway through the episode. We see zipper, uh, Basically planting a bomb, <laughs> and uh the best place uh, for the bomb apparently is under a cushion
2: it blends right in, oh yeah
0: i mean it it's hell you ca- you can't help but not laugh at that because the it's like sticking out that's mm-hmm. like it's clear- it's clear that there's something under this cushion it's like a massive bulge there,
2: yeah, <laughs> all I have it it's like just. All I have in my notes. <laughs> Just so you is know.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, he's not he's not the the most competent uh thug. Yeah. Or or the most clever. <laughs> I goes the level of putting up So the, the 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 bomb goes off, but you know, it's funny because when he when he, you see him putting the bomb under the the cushion. It clearly looks like physically it is it is large. So you would think that that bomb has enough of a impact that it would completely destroy the house but but uh but when it actually goes off we only see like the the side of a of a wall get blown open so i'm not really i'm not really sure if that was intentional like on zipper's part or is just they somehow i don't know he doesn't know how to build yeah bombs I, I think
2: he's not that clever
0: or may- maybe he outsourced the assembly <laughs> of the bomb because he's not good with building bombs himself.
1: Well, I was watching this, and I'm like, oh, God, the whole house is going to blow up. And then one wall just disappears. I'm like, what? What?
2: Well, but...
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's
2: pretty Starlight strange. girls need somewhere to live. Like, they can't destroy two, two, two man... Two man- two two- yeah, <laughs> two- yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't destroy... Do- right.
0: Yeah, and um so there there's one thing I, I wanted to bring up because it, it kinda bothers me. But we see um we see the whole gang on a cruise ship later on, and we see kind of a love interest uh for Shayna. And of course she's like the one token black woman in the group, and they her love interest is a black guy as well. Mm-hmm. And like this this wasn't just an issue on Jim, but other. I know other shows as well. It's like, oh well, we have you know this person of color, so we of course have to you know we have to match them up with one of color as well. Yeah. I- How did you guys feel about it?
2: Well, that? initially, I was super impressed because you know the the whole thing is, oh well, this guy's going to help you help you Jim and the holograms create a really really cool music video, and you know we're. World- We'll help you win that contest because you know we'll get you on you know this MTV corollary and um and so they're like yeah come over here and he comes over and it's a person of color it's a black dude and I'm like yes this is amazing and then immediately is like paired off I was right. like oh. and,
0: and the thing is is it's not um they have I mean I guess there is pretty good diversity in the band themselves like we have Shayna who's you know african-american and we have uh aja uh and so there's that but there we don't really see that many people of color in the show and so that's why i think it kind of bothers me when i just see you know we have Shayna, and of course the first love interest that we see is someone of color but that's kind of like that's that's it we don't really see that many other people of color in in the show
2: well and it's also the first you know it's like they're not going to build a friendship first or they you know there's there's the, it's just like immediately oh you know let's
0: yeah and that's it's, it seems kind of forced yeah and it, it is it's an ongoing problem definitely i mean not just for Shayna, but for the other people in the band too it's like they're always trying to find a love interest for people and they always they always jump straight to the love interest. Like there's no there's no build up. There's no there's no rapport um at all. It's just like, oh, I'm attracted to you or I you know It's
1: definitely well, a childlike view of romance. Yep.
0: It is. It's a very simple. it's a very simplistic way of looking at it for sure. Um you know and I'm I'm sure it was probably intentional on the writer's part, just because the show is for younger girls, so they're not really going to necessarily grasp or even appreciate sort of the nuances mm-hmm. of, of, of like working your way up to uh, a relationship with someone. I right?
2: call shenanigans for two reasons. One, like that's the expect, that's our expectation, right? Little girls grow up and get married and have kids. Um, So I think that that's kind of feeding into that societal narrative, but also, you know, the show has like this weird, creepy love triangle ish thing. True. So I, I, I don't know. I I don't necessarily think it's something that they thought through. I think it's just like, oh well, you know, of course girls want to get married and you know, girls girls want to have boyfriends. And so, you know, we'll we'll give them boyfriends in this show. I I don't I don't know that they thought, well, girls aren't going to understand like the story arc and 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 what it means to build a relationship with someone.
1: Oh, absolutely. They just wrote went into the writers' room and went, "Hey, huh, well, we can have mm-hmm. them fall in love this week." Oh, hey, Great. and this. There is no thought into that at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm probably giving it, giving the writers maybe too much credit. I, I think this they, time you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you're you're right. I mean, the there are episodes later on in in the series, too, that deal with love triangles, too, that are way more complicated. So, yes, you could make, you definitely could make that argument that they weren't thinking it through because I mean, little kids are not really going to understand the what's going on with the love triangle. Like, you know, so I mean, they, they were writing these, the, they probably, wow, well, they, they pretty much shit out on an episode on a regular basis. Right. So they, they, they probably didn't put that much time into writing the individual episodes, but I mean, we'll see later on too. the, the, the quality of the writing, for the episodes really varies depending on who's doing it right. A lot of the episodes written by creator Christy Marks tend to be much better than than the majority of them. Uh, there were a few other writers. I, I don't recall the names, but we'll get to them later on. Um, there were a couple of, of really good episodes a, a, as well later on in the series that were not written by Christy Marks, but um, yeah, a lot of the guest writers weren't that great. I'm
1: looking at a list of them. Majority men.
0: They were. Isn't that interesting? Yeah.
1: I, okay, well, I guess that works. I mean, there's plenty of women here too. But there's just a lot of men writing these stories for young yeah. girls. I
0: mean, not to say that, that men have wouldn't be capable of, oh, absolutely of not, writing right? the the episodes, but I mean, uh I I think for this type of show, they probably could have, you know, they probably could have brought in more women to write the show. I mean, Christy Marks wrote, I don't know what the, um, I haven't actually counted how many episodes she actually wrote for the show, but they could have had more diversity for sure in the writing department yeah. Considering the, the, the topics and subject matter, right? Just, just having a woman's perspective on this stuff, <laughs> considering that it's like, it's a woman's, you know, a straight women's love straight. lives. So
1: allegedly straight, allegedly straight. <laughs>
0: Well, it's canon now. It's okay. canon now that uh, at least... Um, oh, God, I hope I don't screw this up. I think Kimber is supposed to be bisexual. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which really makes sense because um, we'll see later on in the series that she has... Well, first of all, she genuinely has um, love interest in the show, even though oftentimes, poor Kimber, they'd never really work out for her. She has such a... <laughs> difficult time. Um but um there is that one episode where Kimber and Stormer get together to uh record music and stuff like that. And and there is I guess you know depending on how you kind of look at it. Um there there's one part where Kimber wakes up and you know after they kind of both go back to Gem and the Misfits where Kimber wakes up and she she's got like a portrait of Stormer next to her bed like that's mm-hmm. huh. I I don't know I that's I don't know how typical that is for a straight person who's like I I have best friends that I you know I I you know I I love them to death but you I don't have portraits
2: of them next to your bed I don't
0: have eight and a half by eleven <laughs> glossy photos of them on my nightstand it's maybe so. that
1: large would be a little weird but having pictures of your friends <laughs> isn't
2: totally well out in and sh-
0: but next to your night table that's like Well, I even don't think know. about
2: think about like kids who look up to celebrities and they plaster their um walls wow they plaster their walls with posters and you know i i had i had a friend who would kiss like a picture of jonathan taylor thomas like on a regular basis
0: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I yeah lots of but
2: you know it wasn't i don't know like i guess it's generally an opposite Sex thing or mm-hmm. gender you're attracted to thing, but yeah. kids. Whether it was intentional yeah, or yeah, not, yeah. I guess There's from subtext. the
0: writer's part, it's definitely yeah. can it's definitely canon. And yes, there, yeah, there there was subtext for sure. Uh, I'm I'm all I'm all for it though.
2: Yeah, especially from a show in the '80s. I hope that they, you know, as they're kind of rebooting this franchise, that they keep that in.
0: Yeah yeah and uh in the last episode i actually um i actually linked to Tempest's article about the erosion of bisexuality which is great if anyone hasn't actually read that article go do it there's a link in episode one to that article but uh it was i thought she raised numerous salient points about about bisexuality because it is very problematic and oftentimes really ignored which is It's really weird and fascinating to me because, you know, being gay now is, is definitely way more acceptable now than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Right. And, um, bisexuality is still, it's so ambiguous for people. I, I, I've had conversations with friends and family and they just don't get it. And it's, you know, accepting bisexual people is still so difficult, um, Oftentimes it's more difficult, I find, for people to accept that rather than just saying, oh, I'm gay because it's, it's so definitive, you know. But people, for some reason, it breaks people's brains, you know. How can you love someone of, like, you know, the same sex and the opposite right. sex? Um, so that's something I, th- I, think it's, I think it's fantastic that they're addressing this in the, uh, in the new IDW uh, comic book series. And it's something I'd like to see, uh, I think, more in in TV shows in general. And, uh, you know, I don't know with the ratings board how that works, if they, that's something that we'll ever get to see anytime soon. But I'm, I'm optimistic that that's going to happen. Well, I think it definitely needs to be addressed. So I
2: had a conversation with a friend the other day, actually, and he was like, you know, what is up with these? He said, I, I don't necessarily want to see, you know, sex, but... He was like what is up with these same sex kisses on TV where it's like chaste you know when when mm-hmm. uh when people of different genders on TV kiss you know he was like it immediately goes to like there's some tongue action and like sorry kids and um and he was like but same sex kisses are 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 like just like lips only and like very sterile and it made me think about the Golden Girls. Um, I don't know if either of you watched it, but I remember I some pretty, like, fake-looking kisses on the Golden Girls between <laughs> people of different genders. And I think it was just kind mm-hmm. of a sign of the times so where it was like, okay, well, 20 years ago, we didn't really show, like real looking kisses on TV for theirs, and that was a kiss. Right. Right. And you kind of like did this little weird head move thing to make it look like you were kissing. I don't know. It was odd. And You know, I kind of think that that's where we are with, um, with same gender people right now. Um, or same gender intimacy, I guess on, on most TV, but I'm hopeful that, you know, we'll see kind of that same evolution over time with, um, With addressing, you know, this kind of thing and that, you know, bisexuality and and gender fluidity and, you know, all this stuff that I advocate for, you know, being better that, you know, we're going to see better representation of that over time.
1: Absolutely. It's coming. I mean, what, 15 years ago, it was such a huge deal. Ellen came out and now gay people are just a normal part of TV shows now. It'll happen. You just got to be patient, unfortunately.
0: True. You know, one one character um, that I really like that got uh, well, I always wanted them to kind of have her more in the series, but I really like video. Um, and uh, I I don't know, I just I always found her a fascinating fascinating character, and I'm really hoping that uh, that they. I guess they're gonna to have to somewhat reinvent her for the upcoming comic series because she's a video. She's a she's a videographer, but you, you can't have her, you know, dealing with VHS tapes and big camcorders in 2015. That wouldn't make She'd be sense.
2: carting around a laptop and an iPhone, doing right ad hoc video music videos all the time. Oh, that'd be so cool.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting. I um I'm really looking forward to this this new series and I think uh I'm I'm hopeful that this will kick off sort of a, a reboot of the series in animated format as well. Um I think it's inevitable that it'll have to happen, especially with the live action yeah, movie that's saying. coming out. Um you know, they would be Hasbro would be silly not to do a massive marketing push. For that kind of thing, um, you know, I I think you know regardless of how well it, the success of the movie, I think will really uh, will really determine whether or not they do that. But even if the movie is somewhat successful, I think it's going to bring in a whole new generation mm-hmm. of fans for I the certainly series. So. And hope and if they do it right, it'll you know they'll they'll have something in there to to bring back you know fans that that grew up with the show as well.
2: Wouldn't it be amazing if Jim and the Holograms is, like, the catalyst toward, like, addressing all of these issues of... um gender equality and, you know, understanding, you know, people who are bisexual or non-binary or transgender and different Mm -hmm. body types. Like, that would be, I think, I think that would just delight me no end if Jim and the Holograms, the reboot, is is the thing that makes our society wake up. Like,
0: (laughs) you know what? And that would be not only fantastic, but that would be so fitting considering that the show, you know, with, with all its faults, it really was a unique TV series in, in so many ways, you know, just in the diversity department, right. With the, with the people of different ethnicities and in the misfits and, and, uh, well, not, maybe not in the misfits, but in gem and the holograms and stuff like that. So, so I think, I think it makes sense for them to do something like that. Right. And, and, and show, show the world that you can make a series for, for kids that, that, um, you know how, that te- that teaches people lessons and whatnot, but but still portrays um, people of different ethnicity and and sexuality um, really mm-hmm. well,
2: and and not even like respectfully, but like, hey, look, this isn't an issue. Like, it's maybe it's not even something they ever bring up. It's just what they do. That would be amazing. It's just there. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So the um kind of uh in the last half of episode 2 there's this really silly um <laughs> scene with the misfits on the cruise ship and they they've ki- they've kind of incited a like a food fight they're like throwing apples at people there's a guy actually there <laughs> There's one scene where they throw an apple at someone, uh, and the guy, the guy, like, l- literally slips on the yes. apple somehow. Like, how does that happen? I
2: thought it was supposed to be a banana. It was. It was
0: so com. Yeah, like it was. It, it was like so comical. Like his arms are like flailing, and yeah.
2: Um, all.
0: Incredibly all so. I have
2: is oh the mis- oh the misfits were burned, not invited to the party, and then the misfits need anger mm-hmm. management classes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the entirety of my notes for the last, like, ten minutes of the show.
0: You know, the, the Misfits uh, tend to have the same outfits all the time. Do you think, like, they have, like, a giant walk-in closet with, like, 50 copies of the exact same outfit?
2: Well, it's the same as, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. April O'Neil, always in yellow. Um, yeah, I mean... When, when you don't true. have synergy to provide you with different outfits all the time, you have to do <laughs> right. exactly. That's
0: right. <laughs> well, they're not as successful as Jim and the Holograms, so maybe they just don't have the budget. Right. They don't. They don't. Well, the thing is, Shayna is a designer, right? So she's designing all of the outfits, and the Misfits don't have anybody like that.
2: Yeah. See, I now I just feel sorry for the Misfits. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously, the yeah, dogs. we you should pity right. them.
1: I don't. My closet is just all one long row of flannel t shirts.
0: <laughs> and of course, just when you think the the stupidity had ended, uh we see Pizzazz pressing random buttons in the first of all, she she gets herself into um the um in into the bridge of the ship and she starts pressing random knobs and dials and the ship starts going out of control. Which seems I mean, it's not out of character for her to do something, but that—that that, like, that's really dumb. You can
1: drive a bulldozer. Like, you're
0: on this ship. If this ship crashes, you realize you'll be on the ship that crashed.
2: See, um, and this is... Oh, go ahead, Bree.
1: Honestly, like, okay, so first, leading up to that, they crash the party, make a huge mess of everything. No one is able to stop them until they have a music video. And then someone <laughs> makes a call to the bridge after, like, five minutes of this. Hey, we've got some problems. Uh, Captain, could you and the one other person on the bridge come down here and stop these girls? And during that time, the girls go up to the bridge. They start pushing buttons like crazy and doing this. I'm like, how does this even happen again? I'm like, okay, I need to stop looking at this as an adult because (laughs) this is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a certain uh, point where you just have to kind of. (laughs) <laughs> shut your brain off and not try not try to overanalyze and dissect every aspect of the series because sometimes it's just it's, it is just crazy it's a complete craziness
2: but this is where i go back to they need anger management classes right because obviously they're just reacting and not thinking about the consequences of what they're doing so you mm-hmm. know you sink the boat unless you have a life jacket you're Maybe gonna die? Like, I don't know. Let's let's stop and think about like you drive a bulldozer over somebody. What's what's the consequence of this action? And and there's just like, I don't know, maybe because, you know, again, poor little rich girl never had any consequences to action. She always had, you know, someone to bail her out. I don't know. But there's obviously, you know, a disconnect here.
0: Sure. Right. So any, any are there any do you guys have any other observations from this episode?
1: No, we covered the majority of things I thought about.
2: I did notice um the music videos going back to how, you know, they just kind of were what they were or are what they are. You know, there are things <laughs> in the music videos that I think would not make it past censors today, like that first video uh was like a dream and it's a gem in the holograms video and it's you yeah. know it's like this dream world and they're like diving underwater and finding treasure mm-hmm. and um it's it's gem and rio um in a hot air balloon and they just like step off the hot air balloon like onto the clouds and are just like dancing mm-hmm. and i was like i wonder yeah. if that would as, as right, you, normally right, right, do. Right. <laughs> you know because clouds are solid and i was like <laughs> Would there be a disclaimer on that if it happened today? Would would this video even be like allowed, yeah. or is it okay because you know most children don't get to go on hot air balloons and have the opportunity to walk off of them? I don't know, but um, I thought that was that was interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah uh, I don't know about that. I I don't recall ever seeing in the news that a kid stepped off a
1: right.
0: you know hot air balloon and thought thought that they would. I don't. But. I
1: think it would have been just fine. I'm like me as a kid, I thought I knew how to make a hoverboard, just like getting huge magnets on the bottom of a board, and I'm like, oh, there, that's how they work. Right. So, magnets, <laughs> how do they work? Like I don't think any kid, I mean, even if they thought you could just walk out on clouds or some weird, weird right. crap that you saw yeah. in
2: videos, like, eh. But I feel just, like we're much more litigious now than we were <laughs> 20, sure. 30 years ago. So. Right. It's going to be really interesting to see see what happens if, you know, if this becomes a cartoon if um if these music videos kind of keep this like super fantastical sure. overall theme to them or not. Like
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because this this was a thing in the 80s which we we briefly touched on in the last episode where you would have these public service announcements at the end of a, you know, an animated series. Um you know, and they would they would teach you lessons right but um they they did that only because a parent a lot of parents were complaining about the content in shows that either were they were too violent or they they featured these these you know other topics that that weren't appropriate or maybe they didn't cover enough of whatever it was, so they felt they had to tack that on to the end of an episode but we went we went from actually teaching kids not to do bad things like talk to strangers and whatnot to just not showing that at mm-hmm. all and just censoring everything, which I think is actually a step back.
2: Yeah. I you know, I think that cartoons have definitely the power to teach in um it kinda I don't know, it's not like I watch a lot of children's programming, but I feel like it's kinda a lot of it's become really brainless.
0: Yeah, it really has. I think the people that are in charge of making these kind of decisions with as far as the content, because certainly the writers, I I mean, I'm sure the writers and the the producers are, you know, acutely aware of what can and can't be put into a show. But there's ultimately somebody higher up that's saying, you know, their job is to, to look at what you're making and say, well, yeah, you can you can do this or can't do that. Or, you know, our lawyers say you can't have this in the show, but, um, you know, it's, it, it, I think they really underestimate kids. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just because you have somebody, well, let's just take the silly hot, hot air balloon situation, just because you have somebody in this, this clearly very dreamlike, you know, fantasy jumping off a hot air balloon doesn't mean some kid is going to actually go and do that right you know okay yeah some things you know sometimes kids do stupid things and sometimes um sometimes there are other issues that which has it has nothing to do with the show like if a kid ends up you know committing suicide because they listened to a Judas Priest song and then you know they thought the parents immediately blame the band and sue the band because because of the lyrics mm-hmm. or whatever and saying that that was it was the music's fault. You know, there are other that's an oversimplification. Right. There are other issues at fault, but most kids are are going to watch a show. They're not going to they're not going to be influenced in the way I th- that I think a lot of these censors think mm-hmm. they are. And you know, I just feel like we've taken we've taken a step in the wrong direction by just heavily censoring and not showing this stuff because that's not real life either, right?
2: Right. Well, and even, you know, like my little pony. I love my little pony. My little pony is obviously not real. Um, but even in in there there are very few. I mean, it's all about like friendship is magic, which makes sense since that's the mm-hmm. subtitle of the show. But even Sure. you know, it's like you've got these characters like discord and like these really mischievous, like kind of bad characters. And even then like the, the the whole lesson is, well, if we're nice enough, you know, or if we stick together, or we communicate, then everything's going to be okay. And on the one hand, it's like, yeah, that's really admirable. But on the other hand, that's not always how life works. And so I just, I wonder sometimes like what, what we're setting kids up to believe, you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, I think you have a valid point. I mean, other than my little pony, I mean, i you know, I just haven't kept up with kids TV shows name. Well, mainly because I don't have cable anymore, but I mean, are either of you aware of other shows other than MLP that kind of
1: uh.
0: are even vaguely similar to gem, at least in, in the, in the respect of, of, teaching kids certain things that you know more having good morals or whatever not doing bad things and that kind of stuff
1: i can't speak to that i the the most recent tv or cartoon i've ever watched was bojack horseman (laughs) i'm so far connected from children's programming definitely not a kid no i no clue
2: yeah i don't my Mm. friends have kids who are you know the five to eight year old range um, yeah. so it's like a lot of My Little Pony. Um, all, all of my friends have girls. So, like, mm-hmm. I can't even speak to the, the, like, things targeted at, at boys. Um, yeah, it's like Doc McStuffins and Sophia the First and, sure. um, My Little Pony. And, um, there is a show called Androids, um, that I've been meaning to check out, which, um, my best friend really likes for her kids to watch because it's all about like problem solving and building robots and that kind of thing. So I want to check that out, but I don't, I don't okay. even know if that's a cartoon actually now that I'm thinking hmm. about it. So
0: I'm not familiar. Yeah, I it.
2: just, I don't know what's out there for, for most kids programming now, I guess parents can write to us and let us know what the state of the market sure. is and tell us what to watch. But
0: yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I wonder if we can convince Steve Lubitz to watch Gem and the <laughs> yeah. holograms.
2: Uh, I think there's any slim
0: chance we can um, <laughs> I bet he would have some opinions about about their shit. I mean, he has kids. He would be a perfect person to I can ask him, to but talk I, don't, about some I
2: don't stuff. know. I don't know. Yeah. I'll 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 ask him. We'll see what he says, but
0: yeah, I mean, I don't have anything. Uh, no other comments from me on this episode. I think um, it'll be interesting. You know, this the the first. I think four four episodes are kind of one long story arc. So, um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to to rewatching episode three and see where this stuff goes. Um, I thought of it's
1: some things we glossed over.
0: Mm-hmm, sure. Um,
1: the first one, it's more of a funny thing, more commentary. Um, the bomb blew up. The girls are expected to clean up after all right. on their own.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the deal They're, with that? Oh,
1: who's going to help us clean up this mess from the bomb?
0: <laughs> wouldn't, you know, wouldn't the bomb squad be... Re- I don't know who would be responsible for that. And,
2: and Eric conveniently. Oh, the misfits... The fire
0: department, at least. The
2: misfits got a bomb threat, so I rushed over here yeah. to... Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing we
1: glossed over... Actually, the little girl with the... Who was in trouble with the money? Uh-huh.
0: Yes, um, I, I forgot her she, name.
1: Oh, yeah. he gave the money to the misfits.
0: Right. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That is a that is a pretty significant <laughs> <So> <laughs> issue.
1: the $30 that would go to a bomb cleanup <laughs> is gone.
0: <laughs> oh, Ashley. Very misguided. Joke. Yeah.
2: Foster care has let her down.
0: <laughs> she learns her lesson, though, right?
1: I uh, don't
0: trust the misfits. I don't remember what like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Ashley's a bit of a rebel.
1: She's future misfit material right there.
0: Uh, possible, Possibly. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, I can see anyone becoming a misfit.
2: <laughs> you know, Everyone if, has a little bit of misfit in them.
0: Well, you know, it all depends on... on you know, if you just kind of fall in with the wrong group of people and if you don't, if you lack self-confidence, you know, it's, it's very possible that you could end up doing stuff like that. Like, well, maybe not bulldozing people, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you fall in with the wrong gang, it's very possible you could be highly, you know, uh, if you're already a highly influ or highly influenced person, um, you know, I could, I could see that happening. But Ashley's really fortunate that she has such a supportive group of people, not just the other kids, but the uh but obviously Jericho and stuff like that that you know really cares about the people that are living at Starlight Mansion.
1: Right, right.
0: Great. So I think With that bombshell, we should probably wrap. So, (laughs) Bombshell. Nice. (laughs) Sabriel, where can we find you? And if there's anything you want to plug, now's the time.
1: Uh, The easiest place to find anything I do, all my socials, all my YouTubes, uh, is sabriel.me
0: great and Aline.
2: um okay well i'm on twitter my personal accounts at Aline, a l e e n um i also have a podcast where we talk about issues of diversity and equality and celebrating people doing cool things and that's less than or equal.com or on twitter at less than or equal
0: Great. And I'm Alex Knight. I'm available on Twitter at Zero Distraction. And, uh, you can also subscribe to the Gemcast now on Stitcher. And we're also on iTunes. And please do take a moment to give us a rating if you do like the show. Uh, even if you're too lazy to leave a comment, a star rating would be appreciated. And it really does help the show make, uh, us more visible. And, uh, hopefully, Over time, we'll eventually (laughs) get enough uh, ratings to bring the show up um, and make sure that people actually see it in the iTunes store. Yay! And we'll see you at episode three.
2: All right, thank you.